Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Now let's face it, everyone needs insurance. So when you need to renew your cover, the on the grid hot tip is to give our mates at City Rural Insurance Brokers a call. City Rural have been dealing with the insurance industry for years and they've got more than 50 years of industry experience. Need insurance for your business? They'll sort it. Are you a landlord and want to cover your rental properties or investments? They're your people. Or are you like me and need professional cover in case you say something silly on a podcast? City Rural can sort that too. They did it for me and it was super easy. The best thing of all is that City Rural are, like you and I, motorsport people. If you've watched car racing this year, you might have even seen their logo on cars like the legendary Richard Mork Super Ute, among others. They know our game, and they know the people that follow it. So support the people who back our industry. And when you need to throw a new setup at your insurance cover, drop Andrew and his team at City Rural Insurance Brokers a line, and they'll fix you up. Head to cityrural.au or follow the links on the racetalk.com. City Rural, better cover, better service. Delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the radio show Limited RS1. Thank you for joining us. Big show, our second last show of the year. Oh, we just got a couple of interviews for you. That's it. But they're good interviews. Sunil Vora is the new CEO of Motorsport Australia. We're going to have a pretty in-depth and uh, frank chat to him about uh, Motorsport Australia, about Australian motor racing and about him as a driver as well. Also to join us, James McFadden. Of course, he's the uh, Napa Sprint car driver here in Oz to our good mate, Tim Hodges. Uh, James back for another summer of Australian Sprintway, uh, Speedway, I should say, Sprintway, Speedway. And we will talk to James all about that, about this year, about his past, and also what the future holds as well. All that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. And as he does always off the top of the program, g'day Richard Crowell. Tony Shebecki, it's a week without car racing for the oh. most part. What uh, what do we do? Um, it's it's a strange scenario, isn't it, given how busy this back end of the year has been? But uh, good to be back. Uh, we've still got a couple of episodes of the show left, don't we? And we've got yep. quite a few good things to work through. And I think a few surprise guests as well, which yes, I think we have in, in coming some... weeks, which will be good. Really good interviews today, including this gentleman that we're about to speak to now. He is the brand new CEO of Motorsport Australia, of course, replacing Eugene Rocker. His name is Sunil Vora, and he joins us on the line now. Hello, Sunil. Tony, hello. Nice to speak to you. Hello, Richard. Hi, mate. Welcome to the show. Um, welcome to uh, welcome to Motorsport. Uh, I know you've been involved in the sport before, and we'll, we'll come to that in a minute, but... Uh, what was it that attracted you to the role of CEO of Motorsport Australia? 
Well, thank you, yes. And it's nice to be uh, inside the tent, so to speak, having spent a long time in and around motorsport, to be actually be inside the sport itself and obviously with the, the primary organisation in, in and around Australian motorsport is a real treat for me. I think um, in terms of you know what attracted me to the role, I think primarily it is a, a, a role and a chance to align my profession to something that I'm just fundamentally passionate about. I, you know, motorsport has been my great passion for as long as I can remember in terms of uh, uh, spending time and engaging with the sport as a fan and as a spectator and you know, as you've referenced, increasingly you know, in, in later years as a competitor as well in and around grassroots motorsport. So the chance to, to come into the sport and actually use some of you know my background and my experience, hopefully in a positive way that can contribute, the chance to do that was just simply too good to pass up. And, I, and I'm really pleased to have had the opportunity to be here. Before Eugene put up his hand and said, that's it, I'm done. We've had a, a great innings. Was there any ever thought of yours that you might be CEO of Motorsport Australia one day? I think no. It would be the honest answer to that. I don't think I had uh, had seen it in the realm of things that I was looking to do. I think I have had, and someone reminded me of this um, uh, recently when the news was first announced, one of my old friends who I used to share an apartment with in London way back in the day when we both just done some study in the UK and he did reference that I'd had long discussions about potentially trying to join motorsport at that time in some form. Um, I think we were talking about sort of world endurance or formula one as everybody does. So I think, you know, it was a bit of a sort of a closing of that loop, although a couple of decades have passed since that discussion of first ads, but, you know, I think clearly the nature of this role, the specifics of what the board were looking for just matched well with my experience and my, you know, sort of corporate background and the fact that I'm also a competitor and passionate, look, a lot of things just really aligned well. So it's, um, it feels like the right time to be here. Talk about your role as a competitor before we get into the sport more generally. Um, when the media release was sent out by the great Paul Reardon, the, the comms director for Motorsport Australia, they're included in it. And he mentioned that I would probably like it, that there was a photo of you standing alongside Porsche GT3 Cup car, which was outstanding news. Um, just give us a, an overview of your your competitive background and, and your time competing in the sport. Well, I think it's, it's and I think I, I followed a path that many people do. I don't think there's particularly anything unique about what, I, what I've experienced coming from a, an enthusiast and a, and a fan perspective who started to do sort of track days a little while ago and then ended up saying, well, maybe I should get something more track specific. So I had a, uh, there's not many pictures of this. I had an E30 BMW uh, oh. but with a turbo on the front as a track oh, yeah. car, quite quick, uh, a little bit temperamental, but very good fun, very light and very fast. So a bit of track work. And then the evolution from there is where you think about competition. The difference for me probably is that I actually had competition experience previously going back a couple of decades when I used to race motorbikes when I lived overseas. Um, so I had quite a few years racing super stock spec bikes, so pretty fast bikes on uh, different Formula One tracks and circuits around Europe. So I'd had some competition experience, but clearly back in back home in, in Australia and back in the Australian context, it was, well, what would it make sense to do in terms of moving into a competition environment and particularly then the ability to just step into you know, proper grassroots motorsports, proper state level um, production sports cars and the chance to be able to 
to acquire, a, as the photo that you saw is my car, it's a 997 Gen 2 Porsche Cup car. It's a couple of generations sort of out of date now for those who follow the Porsche categories quite well. It's about 10 years old, but still proper race car, you know, fast, downforce, uh, sequential six-speed gearbox, left-hand drive. It's quite a challenging car to drive, but it's just fundamentally rewarding when you do well and you you hook it all up. It's just an amazing car in terms of what it can actually deliver. And for me, you know, amateur motorsport is just so much fun. It is just a great environment to be in. It's not just what we do on track. It's the camaraderie and the community around amateur motorsport that for me is just an incredibly fantastic experience. I'll never stop talking about you know, how great it is and how much people should come and experience it for themselves if they haven't already. I think um, amateur motorsport is really the great untold story of sport in Australia. And uh, for me, it's been tremendously good fun. I hope to continue to do it even uh, with the busy schedule I have in this role because, um, you know, it's a big, big, big part of what I do and, and a big part of the enjoyment that I have sort of in, outside of my profession, although clearly now there's some connection to it considering <laughs> considering my day. I'll hate to be the steward that gives you a 30-second penalty now. <laughs> we have had that discussion, Tony. <laughs> Uh, I may now not be flying under the radar like I used to. There may be a little bit more scrutiny over how I do, but can I just point out, I have not yet been in front of the stewards and we like to race clean. Beautiful. <laughs> Very in, in essence, we're all fans of the sport and and we continue to be. Our experience though, as a fan of the sport changes depending on our role in the in the business and i'm sure for richard and myself the way we used to follow the sport has changed now that we actually commentate and work in the media side of it is that the same for you sunil has, has your experience over the last month or so had to had your your enthusiasm had to be tempered a little bit i suppose as a fan i think that's i think that's an absolutely fair observation tony i think it, there's a little bit of because I've, I've had the chance obviously to, to meet a lot of people in and around the motorsport community, including some of the superstars of uh, of motorsport, that uh, you ne wouldn't necessarily, um, as a spectator, be able to get quite the level of access that I've been very grateful to have been afforded as part of this role. So there's a little bit of fanboy in me that you know still you know acknowledges that the people I'm speaking to and having you know deep and meaningful conversations about motorsport are sort of heroes of the sport and extraordinary people who have had extraordinary success. So I guess to some extent that dynamic is new, but I don't think. You know, if there's a if there's a subtext somewhere in your question about have I been, you know, is there something that slightly dilutes the passion or the enjoyment? Absolutely not. For me, it's still been hugely enjoyable. I love the fact that I, you know, get access to be able to speak to all these people and talk about things that we have a common interest in. And for me, it's still just, you know, this incredible connection to an amazing sport. So I really enjoyed it. I suppose the subtext was more in a lot of competitors find themselves saying, oh, bloody Motorsport Australia, they've done this and they've done that and they're changing this and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know whether you've had that experience in the past as a competitor and does that sort of need, does that sort of uh, voice in the head need to change? So I guess I didn't have that experience as a competitor. I don't think I had any experience with Motorsport Australia that was negative. In fact, all of my you know licensing experiences were all very positive and and I would have would, would would have said you know very very uh, pleasant and functionally effective experiences, not ones that were um, that were negative in any way. But I obviously acknowledge there are plenty of folks who perhaps don't like that some of the decisions that have been taken, or perhaps are on the end of stewarding decisions they don't agree with, or things like that. Clearly, 
you know, as the regulating body in many cases, it's it's uh, there's going to be a cohort that don't agree or don't align. And I think that's fine. I haven't had anybody yet express that to me. Inevitably, it will come. We'll deal with it at a time. I think I play a pretty straight bat to these things. I think we've got a role to play. I'm very um, conscious of the significance and the importance of the role that Motorsport Australia plays in the sport and the role and the carriage that we have around protecting the sport and the integrity of it. So I think I'm conscious of that. I don't think it's in conflict with my role as a sort of passionate competitor and passionate observer and spectator. I think those things live together quite well. And hopefully as part of the engagement people have with me, they'll see that come through. And at least if they don't agree, can understand the rationale as to why we might do things. Yeah. Uh, I know you've only had your, your boots under the desk for a few weeks, but what what's your top level overview of the the current strengths and and even some of the the things that aren't perhaps quite as strong as you'd like to see them be in our sport right now so i think the i think there's a lot of strengths in the sport i mean if you talk at a macro level i just think we're on a on a high at the moment in terms of um drivers of capability coming through and making a mark at the national and the international level i think we've seen obviously within formula one with two drivers currently on the grid two australian drivers currently on the grid the showcase that is national level motorsport at you know supercars um at the the shannon speed series i was at the uh, arc finale in canberra in terms of watching national level rally and just the incredible spectacle that was i think there's a real we're at a real point point in terms of the talent coming through and the pathways that people can arrive in the motorsport i think there's some very exciting categories that are coming online now i think particularly within speed series that I referenced, I think you know, GT4 and GT will be fantastic to watch. I love going and watching Michelin Sprint Challenge and seeing the young guns do phenomenal times um, in really fast cars. It's um, So I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think if we talk, still staying in the macro level, there's, we're in a competitive environment. You know, motorsport competes for attention with a lot of other sports and a lot of other sports that have traditionally have had a more dominant position in our narrative. So the ball sports, whether it's soccer or football or netball or basketball or things like that, tennis, they tend to get perhaps a bit more publicity and perhaps the narrative around motorsport often is associated with perhaps something negative, like a big crash or something like that or something controversial. I think there's more for us to do. There's more opportunity for us to do to get the story of how great motorsport is as a sport and as a community sport um, across the Australian narrative. I think for Motorsport Australia, that's one of the big challenges for us to continue to talk and represent um, with current participants, potentially new participants who aren't currently part of our sport but could be, and it also reflect that into the decision makers you know, across government, across all levels of government, when they think about where are the infrastructure investments for them to make as part of growing communities. You know, I want us to be part of that conversation and particularly um, you know, particularly seen as significant as any of the other sports that currently get the airtime. I think those are the big challenges. Within MA, though, we've got some great people, some great capabilities. We're always trying to do more than we're probably resourced to do, but that's pretty typical mm -hmm. of, a, of an opera profit structure. I think it's for me to help us drive what are the good things to do and how to do them well, but there's a lot of opportunity ahead of us. Your background has an extensive uh, overview of insurance governance and particularly risk management and I'm wondering whether that was a, an advantage for you in this role to the extent that uh, obviously the last 12 months 24 months have been pretty tough for Motorsport Australia and the things that have happened with Targa and the like does that give you a, an advantage having an, an expertise in that area to sort of clean up that whole situation? 
think it gives a perspective and some skills, I guess, Tony, in terms of my experience in and around insurance and in and around insurance uh, and, and risk management frameworks. And of course, the, the more formalized uh, corporate governance structures that exist at sort of ASX level. I mean, I suspect that, that was a component of why my background was of uh, appeal to, to the board in terms of the decisions they took about who might be best placed into this role. And clearly, as you've referenced, we're coming through what's been a difficult period for the sport uh, with you know a series of nasty incidents and fatalities that have rippled through the entire sport. And it's something that um, Motorsport Australia still has an enormous amount of resources and effort dedicated to the follow-on from those incidents um, and what happens um, as a result of, of those incidents. And clearly it affects the insurance structure and the risk appetite that we operate in and a forward view of that. You know, clearly we can't accept these things as part of normal ways of working. They have to be learned from, they have to be adopted into ways that we can reduce or try and prevent these things from happening again. Yes, we live in a, a risky environment. There is risk associated with motorsport that you can't fully eliminate, but we can be smart and we can be effective at how we manage that risk. And clearly that has a flow on into the premium structure around insurance. I suspect my background is helpful maybe in driving some of those conversations into the insurance world, into the brokers, and seeing whether we can, for whatever we do, we can get the best deal possible that we can then pass on to, to events and to competitors within our world so that um, we know we're on the right footing. Uh, well, well said, well said. Um, this show is about people sitting around talking about car racing because we all love it. So take the CEO cap off for a minute. Give, give me your highlights of 2023. There was so much to take in, um, a whole lot of good, some challenges, of course, but has has there been a particular car race, a particular drive, a driving performance that stands out for you as a as a race fan highlight? Something you'd sit around the bar having a drink, going, "Oh man, that was a cool memory." What 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 stood out for you from this year? It's like you've been following me there, Richie, because I do that around a bar with a drink all the time, <laughs> talking about about uh, talking with people about an amazing drives and amazing races. I mean, I just love doing that sort of stuff. So. Uh, the chance to do it more often here is pretty good too. So I think, I, look, I guess a couple of things stick out and I think it perhaps connects to what I talked about with um, just being in a bit of a sort of golden era for for some of the driving talent in Australia. Uh, I was at the Bathurst International when the TCR category came down at the last race, mm. uh, you know, three people vying with a bunch of internationals also in the mix and, and taking you know, track track space um, about who was going to win the championship there. That was a fantastic race to watch and and to to see um, Josh Button get up uh, the last minute to sort of take the championship was pretty exciting. I think you know related to that, it's very really, it's fascinating to see the you know almost vertical trajectory someone like Brody Kostecki has taken to be current Supercars champion. And I think you know if you look back on some of the the, the media that's that's covered his rise um, and and back to you know a few years ago he was. You know, nowhere near that sort of position and he's had this meteoric rise through with some great support to be able to get to displace some pretty handy drivers as uh, current V8 supercar champion. I think in terms of the best finish I saw, I also happened to be there five was the two Bates brothers tackling yeah. for current uh, national rally champion um, in the ARC in Canberra and 2.1 seconds separated the two of them with so many sub subplots and sub stories around the family context to that as to who was going to, who was going to get up and um, motorsport Australia had a 
had a stake in it too with our current Motorsport Australia director sitting in the co-driving seat of uh, Harry's car, Coral Taylor, who's now a five-time national rally champion. I mean, there's so many of these stories, but, you know, those are the ones that sort of are front of mind at the moment in terms of just a, a fantastic year of racing. And I think 24 will do well to top uh, the environment we had in 23 because it was pretty exciting. Yeah, I've, I've had the good fortune to work with Molly Taylor for a couple of years now. And, and we should say congrats to Molly because she got a win in the uh, Extreme E round at the weekend as well, the final round of their championship. But uh, Mor- uh, Molly gets around and Coral is only known as the GOAT. She is the uh, the greatest of all time in Australian rallying. Her career is remarkable. A uh, few little quick fire questions so our audience can get to know you and your motor racing loves a little bit better. Who was your motor racing hero growing up? Uh, Schumacher. Uh, I was a big Shumi fan. I have a signed Schumacher shirt on my wall, uh, which he signed the day after he won the 94 championship in Adelaide Airport on the way out. He signed oh, the shirt, wow. signing it. Uh, that's framed and on my wall. Uh, so I was always a Schumacher fan and watched F1 at all hours. Um, but I was actually in the UK, so it was uh, better time zones when uh, when he started to win championships from 2000 onwards. So, yeah, big Schumacher fan. Uh, favourite racetrack? Either to visit or to drive. Could be both. Uh, I have a, a, a very soft spot for Phillip Island in terms of driving. It's a track I absolutely love. It's obviously local to me here in Victoria. Um, Bathurst is uh, a very special place to visit um, and I love watching there. And if I were talking internationally, um, if bucket list, you have to get to Spa if you haven't been there at some point to see an F1 race. It is the most amazing experience. So I did that in 2007. Now, I'm reasonably affiliated with Porsche, so I love the fact you've got a 997 Cup car, one of the great Cup car models, the 997 Gen 2 car. Really good car. Still eligible for Sprint Challenge, by the way. So just saying, you pop up. we got a couple of good rounds <laughs> next year on Sprint Challenge. Slide into Class B. No pressure. It'll be excellent. Um Park the Porsche for a moment, though. Dream race car. So you get any opportunity to drive a, a race car of your choice. What is it? GT3R Porsche. Ooh, yeah, yeah, they're currently running in GT. Is uh, just if you're in the Porsche pyramid, that's at the top of it. Um, other than the prototype that runs around, um, you know, Matt Campbell style, but uh, certainly the car that's been running EMA and has been running one in GT this year. The Grove Racing Organization has one as well. They run internationally. I have a few actually. So yeah. the GT3 is the most amazing car. I also have a soft spot for the AMG GT, which I've actually driven one as part of the AMG um, oh, yeah. Academy that was run through um, through Mercedes Australia and through Peter Hackett's structure. I actually got to drive one at Phillip Island. Um, actually, Dom Story, who was yeah. uh, with Hackett in 2017, I think he was it's telling terrible. me about that. Uh, that it, they only offered it a couple of times for the paying public to actually get a drive of it. So I was very fortunate to drive it. But, so I've got a very soft spot for how they sound, but yeah, favorite cars that GT3 out Porsche. Yeah. If you're, if you're a Porsche fan, they're hard to get out of your, uh, get out of your blood. Uh, and last one, uh, you can go and watch and then go and compete and they can be different, but dream race. Uh, is it Daytona? Is it Indy? What, what's the dream car race for you? I think it's an endurance race. I think it might be Le Mans, but it might not be prototype category. I think potentially the sort of uh, the the sports cars that run in there 
MP3 category, which has been moved through. There's now MP3, MP2. I think probably not prototype, probably a sports car sort of category, but an endurance race in Europe, hard to go past Le Mans, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. All right, we, well we said, knew, nice. We knew you were a motor racing fan. Now let's find out what a real person you are. Favorite band? Ooh. Uh, <clears throat> favorite band live was Cold Chisel back in the day. Oh, uh, close to my heart. <laughs> this back in the day. What do I listen to now? My, my, my kids tend to put Bruno Mars on, so that's what I do. Oh. Okay. Yeah, sorry, that's not current. Or with with sort of with the, within the bounds of what we want to want to hear, but that's that's what the kids are listening to apparently. Uh, you you got to go with what your kids want. Yeah. True. Footy team. Hawthorne AFL. Hawthorne. Okay. We'll we'll uh, forgive you for that. That's not a problem. Rough uh, little favorite period. Food? <laughs> favorite food. Uh, Malaysian. Beautiful. And nice. favorite holiday. Somewhere you've been or somewhere you'd like to go. Uh like a lot of Victorians in winter, I head to Noosa when we can. You walk down Hastings and uh, Hastings Avenue in, in Noosa, you bump into about five people you know from Victoria because that's generally where everybody goes. Although recently, the um, the president of Motorsport Australia, Andrew Fraser, took me right up north to Prosperine on the with Sundays. Uh, oh, yeah. We went to the car club and that is absolutely beautiful. So that could well be the next place to go for a holiday. Yeah, we're, we're big advocates on this show for the northern swing of motorsport in uh, when supercars go to Darwin in June, for example, and Townsville in July. And there's the new racetrack drive at NQ that's been built um, just southeast of um, or southwest of Townsville. And a big advocate for a Shannon Speed Series round there, I think. We, you know, we could back-to-back it with the supercars. A couple of weeks up in North Queensland in July for motorsport would be... Uh, would be perfect. So I get that. That's uh, that's a good answer. Noted, Richard. Noted. Uh, so just a, a final one from me. Uh, we are so lucky in Australia, aren't we, with the amount of organised categories that we have more so than right around the world. I mean, we have so many different categories here. They all run so well and the like. Is there any uh, – the relationship between Motorsport Australia and those categories, is there any thought about amalgamating things, making things a lot – tighter or are you happy with the structure and the format that we have at the moment i don't think i i've had enough sort of informed discussions tony to give you a, a, an answer other than um i think it's something that we would continue to look at i think current structures have obviously been formulated over time for, with good reason i don't think there's anything that's come across the desk so far that gives us a burning or gives me a burning insight as to why that should change but clearly there's a thought around, you know, obviously the CEO role hasn't changed very often at Motorsport Australia. It's been 10 years since it happened last time. It's just a chance for the whole organisation to reset, look at things with fresh eyes. Maybe that's sort of the thing that we can have a look at and go, does it make sense for us to take a different view? But currently it's not uh, not front of mind at the moment. Beautiful stuff. Sunil, thank you so much. been a great uh, pleasure having you on for our initial chat. Hopefully we can continue to do it at, uh, down the track at other points, but uh, enjoy the role. Good luck with the role. And uh, you're going to get a break over Christmas at least. Uh, about uh, where well, we do shut for, for a week or so, I'll yeah. have a little time yeah. to reflect, but then straight back into it. Cause we've got a big year ahead, but yes, thanks so much for having me. Look forward to coming back and visiting again soon. Well, I'm sure we'll probably see you up at Bathurst for the 12 hour. I certainly will. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All the best. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. Uh, Crosby, uh, 
it's our special show today. We're not doing anything else other than interviews. Haven't done one of those for a long, long time. Great first interview. Here's our second one. A bloke that, uh, well, gee whiz, he's going to light up the uh, the speedways of Australia this year, isn't he? Well, he already does, and lit up the speedways of the United States uh, over our winter Shebeks. Uh, back aboard, our great mate, Timmy Hodges, started a race team uh, last summer, and it was hugely successful. Was uh, he Napa- your inspiration? Oh, we, there was certainly a bit of uh, just get out and do it inspiration taken from that in forming hours. We'll talk about that later. Um, Napa Auto Parts got on board, which was a great thing, and they did wonderful things with Scotty McLaughlin involved, the great Jared Waitley as well. And of course, one of the absolute legends of Australian Speedway, James McFadden, is the steerer, and he's on the show now. G'day, mate. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. No, thanks for jumping on. Um, before we launch into this summer and talking about it, we need to say congratulations because you had a win last weekend. You've barely been back in Australia and you're already getting trophies. Yeah, we uh, uh, filled in for, for Callum Williamson. He's feeling a bit under the weather. So uh, I got the call up from from a mate of mine who uh, who worked on my sprint car uh, from about 12 years old till, till now. And he's the crew chief on that car. And and called me up and said, just come over to, to Perth for the weekend. So I, I jumped in Callum's car there and, and Brody, Brody worked on it and we were able to get the WA title. So it was cool for him. Uh, it was, it was Brody's first win and uh, it was a nice little holiday and some nice weather for me. So I was, I was pretty happy with the whole situation for sure. James, tell us and take us through a season of American sprint car racing. How much pressure is actually on in, in that, uh, in that category? Yeah, basically, uh, it's it's the the best guys in the world race for the World of Outlaws Championship. Um, you know, you have all your big big teams. Um, you know, I think sprint car racing is a little different to to most forms of motorsport. There's so many local cars and and local regional series, and then um, you know smaller state series, and then it goes up to national traveling series. So you know, there's four or five hundred competitors um, that race, and then there's uh, I think there's 12 or 14 of us that do the world of outlaws whole tour. So, you know, you it's a big battle to get to that point and there's 500 other guys trying to get in that car that you're, you're driving. So the pressure to perform is, is always, you know, pretty big. And, um, you know, they're, they're million dollar a year outfits that go up and down the road. We race 85 times a year through about every state, uh, in America from, Cheers. I think it's the end of February through to, uh, the middle of November. So, yeah, in that time we had one weekend off from racing. Um, the rest of it we raced, raced every weekend, and and the couple of days leading to that. So, yeah, pressure's huge. Um, that's the half the fun of it, I think. Uh, you you know the battle, so it's good. Just off the back of that, then, mate, give us a, a normal week for you. You would, you, what would Monday, Tuesday, right through to Sunday, sort of have for you? Uh, so Monday is my beer day. That's my Sunday. <laughs> Good. You get one day off. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. So that's generally when, you know, um, so I, we, so my wife and my baby and myself, so, oh, sorry, <clears throat> he's my baby's three. Um, so Maverick and, and Zoe, my wife, we, we have a motorhome. Uh, we live in a, on a bus. That's, that's our year round home. Um, so basically it starts off that we, we plan our trip. Uh, to the next race whether that's 10 hours 40 hours three hours we we sort of plan the trip i i drive um so yeah we we drive to the races um you know stop at walmart car parks and and <laughs> places like that to, you know along the way to to get to each race and then uh and we we stay at the racetrack probably 
the night before the races and, and race your Friday, Saturday, Sunday sort of deal and pack up and do the next thing, you know, the next night. So Sunday's normally drive day. We, we need, you know, I'd say normally on a Sunday, we do about five or six hours driving and, and then sort of try and get a nice place to stay on a Monday and a Tuesday and, and go back into race mode after that. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of driving. I think I did 30, 30 to 35,000 miles in the motorhome oh, this year wow. and uh, to fit, you know, the racing in between, but you know, it's, it's fun um, between driving the motorhome and getting to camp around places, really cool places in America. And then uh, obviously get to race 80 something races around the country and, Sometimes it's tough uh, servicing the generator and fixing slide outs on the motorhome. And when you break down, you you know, you're sort of your own mechanic at the same time. So yeah, we, we have some good moments and, and there's definitely some moments that I'd rather not have, but um, all in all, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a busy schedule for sure. And cool. You get to do it with your wife and your young family as well, which is great. Uh, good season, mate. 10th six wins which is awesome um just talk about the level of competition and you look down the leaderboard in world of outlaws and i know brad sweet won it again i think what the fifth time in a row that he's won it but donnie shots is still in there some some famous speedway surnames in american sprint car racing so just talk about that level of competition and and how tough it is week in week out and how you feel to get six wins against against that lot yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said before, it's the the best of the best. Um, you know, the the best fourteen guys are are in those cars. So you know, to race and line up against those guys every weekend. Donny Shots is a guy that you know I looked up to my whole life, and you know I was teammates with Brad and and saw how he operated. And yeah, I think tenth for me was obviously a disappointing result. Uh, we we had some big ups and downs throughout the season that you know that cost us some things here and there, but ultimately to win, you know, six races and, and seven on the series, seven overall in the year and six in the series was, was a good year. You know, um, you finished the year and you could have, would have, should have, uh, should have been, you know, 10 races, but um, to be in the hunt to, you know, to win 10, 12 races is, is where we need to be. Um, that's, that's what I'm employed to do. And that's my job. But, you know, like I said, to line up against those guys is, is pretty cool. It's pretty humbling. Um, at the end of the day though, when you put your helmet on there, they're just another bloke in a sprint car and, and you got to beat them. So, yeah, I think, um, the first couple of years on the outlaw tour was, was a learning, uh, learning thing. You know, you had to, uh, you know, stop thinking about how good Donnie shots and Brad sweet is and, and line up against them and be like, I can beat these guys. This is what I'm here for. So I think now I've learned that and I've got that, you know, I've passed that progression of being a rookie or, you know, I'm a long time in my career, but with the world of outlaws, I'm, I'm a rookie. So, you know, Brad Sweets, I think he was 11 years on the Outlaw Tour. Your Sheldon's are 10 years. You know, those guys have done it for the last 10 years. To to travel up and down the road 80 times a year is is a different thing than racing a sprint car for the last 15 years. So I feel like now I'm a lot, you know, I'm a lot, I've progressed a lot more in my career and, and line up against those guys and think I can beat them. So I think, yeah, when you when you go in there with that, that mindset, it's uh, it's a pretty cool place to be, mate. Honestly, yeah you line it up against the best in the world and, and get the chance to, you know, to elbows up and, and hash it out with them. It, it, it's funny you say that because Scott McLaughlin, who's amongst the ownership group of your, your Hodges Motorsport Napa team this summer, he says very similar things about being an IndyCar and, and running at that level. And the guys from here that have gone and run NASCAR, I think Shane Van Gisbergen said similar things when he went over and won in Chicago this year was that, 
you line up on the grid next to some of the the more famous names in motorsport. So it's a cool thing. Do, do you and Scotty get to spend any time together at all? I know you're both ridiculously busy, and I mean you race twenty times as much as he does. But do you get an opportunity to catch up with him over there during the year? No, we uh, we tried a couple of times. The schedules just didn't work out right. Um, motorhome life, as we probably call it, we were. Uh, <laughs> You know, we're just sort of zigging and zagging. Um, there was a lot of times that we were we were really close. We, uh, you know, we chat a little bit here and there and uh, close to catching up. But um, unfortunately, I, I stopped driving for Casey and and that would have been a lot easier. Casey Kane, it would have been a lot easier because yeah. he's in Mooresville where obviously where Scotty's at. But yeah, schedules, he's obviously got a busy schedule. And then our schedule sort of, I'm in California when he's in Texas or it, it sort of just bounces the wrong way at times, but um, definitely plan on catching up with him for sure. Have you had an opportunity at all, mate, to jump into an NASCAR into a, a truck or anything like that and go around the ovals there? No, I haven't. I actually uh, jumped in the, the TRD simulator the other the other day while I was in, in uh, Charlotte, and I don't think I'll be racing a NASCAR anytime soon. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, you know, the old, the old uh, simulator is a little different. I don't have the feel through the butt that, I, that I'm used to in the, in the sprint car. And, you know, I'm at, probably at that age now. It's, it's a little past, you know, where I, where I am. But, um, yeah, I definitely have a spin in one. But, no, nah, I never had the chance. Max, Max Dumsney raced at the Calder Park Thunderdome in his, I reckon he would have been 40s at least. And I remember Steve Kinzer raced in NASCAR at some point as well. So I don't think the opportunity's there, mate. I'm sure there's probably not enough oversteer for you, though. Not at yeah. not enough opposite lock. Yeah, that's what I said. I I have absolutely no idea what I'm supposed to feel or do here. I've national before, so you guys tell me if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, let's talk about this summer. It's an exciting program. Um, let, let's just touch on the two big ones first. So the classic, and then the Australian Sprint Car Championship both at Warrnambool this year, which is hugely significant. It's the probably the spiritual home of Australian Speedway. So how important are those two events for you guys to to go in and have a, a big crack at winning them both? Yeah, absolutely. One, one it's three minutes from my house. So um, <laughs> I get to be in my home bed uh, every <laughs> night. But yeah, Warrnambool to me is has been one of my favourite places to, you know, I'm not from here originally, but obviously moved here and um, just love the atmosphere of the town and the way they get behind the racing. And uh, the Classic was was the race that, you know, that we lined up for, um, you know, to watch every time. You know, I was I was 10 years old sitting on the grandstands on the hill, Mount Max, and and watched it and wanted to be a part of it and, you know, to, to sit here and say that the Grand Annual Sprint Car Classic is one of the top 10, you know, biggest races for what we do in the world um, is pretty cool to say when it's, you know, a country town, you know, three minutes from my house. So, yeah, for me, it's it's a it's more than a race. It's more than the f- prize money. It's it's something that you just, you know, you want to be a part of. And that event is is huge, um, you know, I think for the town and, and Australia and, and uh, sprint car racing in general. So, it's one of those races that I, I put really high on the pedestal of, of races I want to win. And like I said, it could, it could be $0 to win and I'd still drive as hard as it would be if it was a hundred thousand to win. So mm. uh, yeah, it's just, just one of those special races in my, in your heart and one that you always strive to, to be a part of. And uh, the Australian title being here the week after is great. I haven't raced an Australian title since 2019, I, I think. So, you know, with my schedules in America, I haven't been able to do that. So to, to be able to, you know, stay here and, and be able to compete in that is is something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Australian titles, I think, were 
was something that you strive to do. Um, you know, to have that Australian number one on your on your car. There's not many, not many uh, race forms. I think that have you know you can just race one race and win that and run the number one on it. So yeah. uh, I think the the Napa car would look pretty good with one on the car. Hodgie would be pretty pumped with that, I'd say. Oh, mate, we wouldn't hear it for the year. Yeah. <laughs> the, the merch, it'd be on AFL 360 every night, I reckon. It, it'd be, it would be sensational. It'd be really, really cool. Absolutely. Was it Warnable that brought you and Tim together? Uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd kind of met Tim every now and then, um, you know, at the races and seen him around a bit, but I uh, hadn't really talked to him a lot until he, he came to America, to be honest. And um, he had he was with some guys uh, that came to America with him. They went and watched Scott uh, in the Indy 500. And we just stayed popped, popped around to the race shop and uh, there in Indianapolis. And we had a bit of a chin wag and, and things led to other things. And next minute I'm driving his sprint car. He thought, <laughs> you know, sort of proposed that idea. And I thought it was a crazy but really cool idea. I love the passion and I love the, you know, the excitement he had for it for me it was you know it was a new deal you know your you eyes wide open sort of guys coming into the sport and and then the ownership deal and the and napper on board and everything like that was was sort of a cool uh cool vibe i thought it'd be interesting and and you know tim's a massive race fan uh and then to have a car racing around the track to me was a was something that would have been a, a cool story and i think still is um I've roped him into doing another season with us. So <laughs> it somewhat, yeah. Good. He would have thrown himself at it. I'm sure. Um, have you seen a, have you seen an uptick in, in the interest in the sport here as a result of what you guys have done? Because I, I, I genuinely believe it raised the profile and Hodgie's got a great profile on his own, but bringing Scotty in, I think opened some eyes in the supercar paddock, probably did the same in IndyCar racing. But then the fact that someone like Jared Waitley, who's, a hugely respected sports journalist and broadcaster came in. I mean, it's had a significant effect on the sport, James, in this part of the world. And I think at a time when it really needs it too. Oh, absolutely, mate. Um, I, you know, I've been a big part of the sport for a long time and sort of was just going along with the, with the ride, you know, you, you just did your thing every weekend and went home and, and that was sprint car racing and, and that was speedway. And then Tim's really introduced me to a different side of that. And then, you know, to have, Jared come to the racetrack and his white shoes and a blazer looked a lot different. <laughs> the normal sprint car sort of attire, but you know, to have the eyes of of guys that you know I think ultimately love sport and and racing and you know whether it's horse racing or or car racing or football, you know everyone has a common interest with with sport, uh, you know, and competition and to have those guys be a part of it and you know be an actual big part of it, you know they they are all a part of the whole the whole program and uh, to have those eyes and, and different eyes, you know, come to the sport was, was pretty crazy. Um, you know, I, I thought I had a, a decently, you know, big profile in within the sport, but I think uh, it's, it's tripled since, you know, since everyone's been a part of it and, you know, it's, it's snowballed. And, and I think for me, it's helped my brand a lot and, you know, my understanding, you know, with the other side of things uh, when it comes to, racing a car or playing sport or doing anything like that. So, you know, I'm going to be forever grateful for what, you know, Tim and, and those guys have taught me personally, but I think for the sport, they've really, really stepped it up and, and I can see teams are, are starting to try and do the same thing for sure. Mm. The Australian speedways without a national 
tour at the moment. So World Series Sprint Cars hasn't operated since before COVID. Um, I know you come back here with a view of doing a couple of cool races rather than flogging yourself to death like you do in the States with 80 races a year. But if there was a national sprint car tour, be it a, a resurrected World Series, whatever you might call it, would that be something that would pique your interest to come back and run the summer and, and race for a championship? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. If if there was if there was a series to go race for, and and honestly, the money needs to be right. You know, at mm. the end of the day, this is this is our job, and and people are spending a lot of money to do it. Um, I'm not saying it needs to be paid for, but you know, you need to make it worthwhile for the teams to go and do. And yeah, I would be 100% involved in that. Um, whether it was driving or or being a part of the process, or you know, helping out something along the way, I I would 100% be in. I think. For a guy, you know, like a Jock, Jock Ujura, uh, Lockie McHugh that, that are really successful right now, I think those guys need to be racing a, a national series if they're going to step up to, say, mm -hmm. the Outlaws. You know, I, I was fortunate enough that I'd, I'd raced World Series my whole life and, and won five championships before I went to America and I still got my ass kicked and, and didn't really understand the whole championship process as much as, you know, what I should have. Uh, for these poor guys, they they don't get that at all. Um, and I really feel like, you know, for the betterment of our sport and uh, the betterment of those guys and the, and the guys that are coming through, they need to race for a championship. I think it's a completely different mindset um, and a different way of having to drive a car and they're getting deprived of that right now. And it's, it's pretty sad. I agree with Richard that the national series is something that is 100% needed. There was that time, obviously, a couple of years ago when the state government in New South Wales said that they're going to turn uh, take Parramatta down and build a new venue at uh, at Eastern Creek. I think a lot of us at that point thought, oh, God, this just doesn't sound too bad. How did you feel at that point? And then how did you feel just, what was it, five, six months ago when you heard the news that it looked like the speedway at Eastern Creek was also going to go belly up as well? Yeah, sad. Obviously, extremely sad. Uh Parramatta was one of those tracks that you, you know, that was always my, I watched my dad go around there. I watched the Coca-Cola fender benders rip around there. Back. <laughs> I, I grew up sort of right, you know, grew up watching that place and, and had a lot of memories there was lucky enough to win some races and, and race there quite a bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, things, things change, you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was prime real estate and, and it was going to change. And I thought, Oh, this is going to be great for the sport. They're going to build up, say a Perth motorplex what's going on over there those guys are kicking goals and, and doing mm -hmm. a great job within the sport and for some reason it hasn't worked um I think give it time and I believe back in the day when Perth first started it was very similar like it, it mm -hmm. had some rocky, rocky moments at the start so let's hope fingers crossed that um you know, we can get through the other side put the hubs in full drive and and sort of get out the other side of it and and build something I, I think Sydney's a great hub for for sport and, and the, you know, we need, you know, we need tracks in, in t big cities. Um, and I don't know, man, I'm, I'm probably know as much about it as, as you do, you know, being in America, I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but it, it all sounds pretty messy there right now. And it's, it's an unfortunate thing that a hundred million dollar speedway is sitting there dormant right now. All right. Give us the lowdown on your summer and where fans can find the uh, mighty Napa Hodges Motorsport Sprint Car in action and yourself this summer. Yeah. So uh, we plan on doing about 10 or 12 races through the year. Um, depending on how I go, I might try and squeeze some more out of Timmy, but um, 
Yeah, we uh, we plan on starting uh, December the sixteenth here in in Warnable for Max's race, and then um, sort of pick and choose some speed week races. It last year was the first time I had a uh, a Christmas off in fifteen years, so um, I enjoyed sitting on the beach and having a beer and and. <laughs> watching my kid play instead of driving down the road to Murray bridge. So I, I think we're going to plan on do that again and, and hit speed week, sort of Mount Gambia, Avalon, Warnable for first and second. And um, yeah, from there we'll, we'll sort of evaluate things and, and see where we're at, but uh, obviously the classic and then the Australian title are the, the two big um, marquee events that, that are on our radar and, and we'll sort of hit the, the King's challenge in Mount Gambia and uh, the president's cup in Avalon before that. But, that'll get us to about our 10 or 12 races. And, um, that's, that's pretty, pretty good deal for me. I'm, I'm happy to do that many races and, uh, we're, we're a lot more prepared this year than we were last year. And I, we've got cars that I run in America, same, same deal. And, and then TRD have, um, supplied us engines, Toyota have given us engines for this year as well. So it should be, a should be, you know, a very similar package to I run in America. The, nice. We know the effect of car racing on, saloon car drivers on, on racetracks, on indie car drivers. Tell us about the effects of the body as, as a speedway driver. Well, I'm 34 years old and I struggle to get out of bed in the morning. So <laughs> it's definitely not great. No, you know, it's hard. I think the amount we race, uh, you know, 80, 85 times a year for the last four or five years. And, and before that, with it, there's a couple, you know, years I did a hundred races. So um, it, it definitely gets tough, you know, trying to stay, you know, your nutrition and, and trying to stay fit is, is probably hard, but just recovering from when you crash, like I've, I've broken my back, I've broken both my collarbones, my tailbone, my ankles, my fingers, my, yeah, other, other places and parts and ribs and stuff. And, and, you know, those, those body parts never really heal because you're back in a race car as soon as you're, you know, you're not really allowed to, but America's a little different. <laughs> you can sort of jump back in and, and, and get going as much as you can. So, yeah, they're, it's kind of old school way of thinking. I, I think the older I get, the more I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, stop that sort of, that sort of thing. You know, if I'm, if I'm sore or if I feel bad, I'm going to sit out and I race. But back in the day, I just, I raced, you know, I broke my back and, and raced the weekend after that and sort of just took it a little easy. So <laughs> yeah, we've got to, uh, yeah, I think now looking back on things, I, I regret some of those decisions, but yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot, a lot more uh, mindful of the concussions and and things like that for sure. How's a bloke like Brooke Tattnall doing then at fifty two? Yeah, <laughs> he, smells like, he smells like Tiger Balm every time. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Oh, that's awesome, mate. Well done. Uh, it's awesome to see you back, um, and it's awesome to see you back at this program. Uh, Timmy's pretty malleable right now, mate, to hit him up for some more races. His beloved Collingwood won the AFL, you know, 360s rating its ass off on Fox. So I think now's the time. Um, It's great to catch up with you, mate. It's great to have you back. It's great for Speedway in Australia. And we love what you're doing over in the world of outlaws, which is really exciting to see as, as cool as what Scotty's doing and Shane next year to have you in sprint cars as well. So, Good to have you back. Hopefully we'll see you around the tracks at some point this summer and I hope it goes well for you and the, the Napa Hodges motorsport team. Appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, anytime we want to chat or come to the races, let me know and I'll, uh, I'll look after you. Well, if you Good win the classic, it. if you win the classic, mate, you're coming back on. It's guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> well done. All right, mate. Mate. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. James McFadden joining us here on the grid.
We'll be back to more On The Grid in just a second. Now, let's face it. Everyone needs insurance. So, when you need to renew your cover, the On The Grid hot tip is to give our mates at City Rural Insurance Brokers a call. City Rural have been dealing with the insurance industry for years, and they've got more than 50 years of industry experience. Need insurance for your business? They'll sort it. Are you a landlord and want to cover your rental properties or investments? They're your people. Or are you like me and need professional cover in case you say something silly on a podcast? City Rural can sort that too. They did it for me, and it was super easy. The best thing of all is that City Rural are, like you and I, motorsport people. If you've watched car racing this year, you might have even seen their logo on cars like the legendary Richard Mork Super Ute, among others. They know our game, and they know the people that follow it. So support the people who back our industry. And when you need to throw a new setup at your insurance cover, drop Andrew and his team at City Rural Insurance Brokers a line, and they'll fix you up. Head to cityrural.au or follow the links on theracetalk.com. City Rural, better cover, better service. And now, back to the podcast. Oh, a couple of fantastic interviews there, buddy. Well, it's been a good show, Shebex, for that respect. Uh, Mark Walker will be back next week for the Legion, the Legion of Mark Walker fans out there. He's been buying a new car, we think, so he can go down to the Packnam uh, Auto Club <laughs> a uh, little Carnacross stuff that he runs down there and he loves, and he's quite good at it too. Um, love Jay, mate. What a superstar. That guy is a bona fide yeah, Australian motorsport 100%. legend and should be doing more. And and I love what our mate Tim Hodges has put into this program and that he's drawn Scotty along is great, but um, that, that Jared Waitley's involved as yeah. well. So um, go and... Um, Go and see some Speedway this summer. It's sensational. The more people that go through the gate, the more likely we're we're going to get a national series up at some point again, which will be, which will be excellent. So no, very cool. And yeah, thoroughly enjoyed our chat with uh, the new CEO, the new boss man at Motorsport Australia, bona fide uh, race fan, Shebex, which I like. Um, you know, nothing, nothing against uh, Eugene Arocca, who came from football, no, so a very yeah. different background and and came with a different approach. But I, I love having a guy that you know, that, that races a car that competes at grassroots, um, that's invested in the sport. I, I think having him as a CEO is going to be a really good thing for our sport. So really good chat um, with Sunil Vora early in the show. Love that. Yeah, so there was. Hey, mate, let's finish off as we always do with a couple of quick hots and knots with thanks to Caltex. Yes, with Tecron, you can get them. Uh, we love Caltex. They're outstanding. Thank you for your ongoing support. Uh, very, very quick hots and knots this week because it's just the two of us. Uh, and we have, let's be honest, haven't put much effort in. Um, hot, I'm going to give a hot Shebex to the fact that hopefully this Friday I'll get to drive my race car. Oh, talk, oh, oh, oh hang on. Yeah. She was, yeah. You, you hid that. I did. So for those that don't know, uh, my old friend and the race car driver, Asher Johnston, and I are partners in a new race team called Johnston Crail Racing Enterprises. Uh, we launched it a couple of months ago. Very exciting. We've bought an Aussie racing car and we're going to go racing next year. But our second test day is on at Malala Motorsport Park, one of the great racetracks in the world yeah. this Friday, Shebex. Yeah. Uh, it's an open day organized by the Circuit XL Club of South Australia. Um, they're going to do passenger rides in Excels. They're going to have rookie drivers driving Excels. I'm going to have a skid in an Excel, which I well love. Um, but we're running the Aussie car. It's going to be our second test day. And uh, at the end of the day, 
I'm going to have a skid. I'm going to kick Asher out. He's the proper race car driver. Um, we've got a, a lap time for him to get down to, and then I'm kicking him out, and I'm going to do five or six laps in, in my race car. Got to beat that lap time. So, well, I won't go anywhere near his lap time, but uh, I just want to experience what it's like. So I'm thoroughly looking forward to that, Shebex. Hot. That is my hot for this week. Uh, and a good hot too. Hey, a couple of hots from me. Uh, one is the swap for Porsche for Matty Campbell going out of IMSA oh, yeah. into the WEC. That is a very good hot. That's mm-hmm. uh, great. It'll be good to see just how uh, Matt goes in a whole different series. Yeah, well, I saw Matt at Le Mans this year, and he was the 10th Porsche driver in a team that had nine drivers. So uh, he was a little bit lost. So it'll be nice to see him back in a race car at the 24-hour uh, and have a crack at winning the thing because um, Porsche don't like losing two years in a no. row. So uh, they will Correct. be fairly motivated, I would have thought. And the other hot two is uh, young Matty Payne, of course, had his first win over in Adelaide, and everyone was really up for him. Gets a contract extension yep. at Grove Racing. So that's fantastic news for him as well. The next couple of years all uh, secured for him. Yeah, he's a bright, bright star. That was a very impressive drive. And not this week, Shebex. Newcastle uh, Council? Oh, no, they're just a perennial knot now. Yeah. They're just <laughs> locked into the Knot Hall of Fame. Uh, my knot this week is uh, social media commenters because you just can't win at any point. Uh, it was announced earlier this week on Monday that uh, Seven Network has signed a two-year deal to broadcast the Shannon Speed Series. Yep. It'll be live and free which apparently, parody aside, is what everybody wants in our sport. The only thing people are passionate about talking about. And yet social media still found time to complain about it. Seriously, folks, this is the, this is your last opportunity. Mm. Um, Cricket Australia, well, actually, it's not Cricket Australia. It's the International Cricket Council, the ICC, that manage all the international tournaments. This week have signed for the Australian market a four-year deal with Amazon Prime, which I'm sure is worth a lot of millions to broadcast all the ICC tournaments. So the T20 World Cup next year, the next ICC Cricket World Cup, the World Test Championship, they will all be broadcast exclusively on Amazon Prime, a streaming service in Australia. So if you want to watch the Australian men's and women's cricket teams play in ICC tournaments, you're going to have to get Amazon Prime. So we are in a very fortunate position in Australia right now to where a huge chunk of our motorsport is on free-to-air. And apparently people want this. And yet social media and a huge chunk of comments was complaining about the advertising, mm. complaining about the fact it's on 7 Plus, rah, 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 Someone even said, oh, it's not free-to-air because I have to pay for the internet. It's like, geez, no. talk about semantics. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. So well, that's not you good know enough. What we, the government came out again with some more. Uh, they're trying to strengthen the anti, anti-siphoning laws well, and making that, sure that the. But that only is going to apply to the major events. Yeah. So the only plane. event in, in Australia that's going to have to be on free to air will be the Australian Grand Prix and Bathurst the 1000 and the MotoGP. They are Correct. the only three events that will have to be on free to air. Everything else can go to pay. Yeah, exactly right. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. So, yeah. I, I, it's a not to certain sections of the motorsport fan base because um, I think this is going to be a case of you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I'm jumping on your knot and riding it hard. No, that's that's, that's a good one. Sounds dodgy, I'll but I'll, uh, I'll I'll take that. Uh, thanks, Shebex. We're going to come back next week with our um, our all time hots and knots of 2023. So a few we, there. We need. Geez, there's some few. There's a few. <laughs> uh, I, I expect Mark to be very strong in the uh. knots. Um, because he puts an inordinate amount of time and research into them. He will seriously um, be a half-hour segment on his own. Yeah. yeah and I it will be damn funny. 
we'll just push record yeah. and let him go. Um, and I've got personal quite a few hots. I'm pretty excited about my hots. So um, looking forward to that. That'll be next week. And, and that will probably be our last show for the year. We I think, reckon, yeah. I Unless there's enough con- consumer sentiment for us to continue to push on. But um, Please don't. No, we we really need a break. Uh, so thank you to Caltex for their support. Thanks to City Rural Insurance yeah. Brokers as well for their support. We really love you for that. Uh, and uh, you can do your wrap-up thing. All right, beautiful. Thank you, Quasi, for tonight. And thank you for joining us right here on The Grid. We'll catch you next week.